0: what is up welcome to the social skills for dummies podcast and uh one of the main things i want to talk about this episode is that a lot of people think you know their shyness their timidness or whatever you may have it is is genetic it's something that you know it's something that they were predisposed to before they were born um and i want to say man shyness you know introversion is just whether you i'm not going to get into that anyhow shyness you know meekness timidness it's more of an illness or a symptom of illness than um than anything else you know i don't think humans can be naturally like naturally shy or naturally timid i think one of the experiences one of the primary reasons that we come here to earth is you know the experience of other people the joy of other people the love of other people at the end of the day no matter how rich no matter how how poor no matter how like no matter how much you accomplish in life every experience always comes down to one thing and that's time with people time spent with people the cavemen their first celebration or their first party was just them chilling around a, you know, a group fire and um, there's nothing else we can do more in life other than experience each other and sit around a fire you know no matter what it is that you're doing the joy of it will be in the other people and the experience and the relationships and the memories that you form along the way as well as the process itself but you know that's neither here nor there that's, that's, that's a little bit further away from the point point. Um, and so I think inherently we're built to be social inherently we're built to be socially savvy and built to be around each other but the reason that we feel like we're genetically predisposed to it because you know a lot of the trauma that we embody happens so far you know so early into our childhood and such and so so above the so like in so early into the formative stages that we don't even remember a life not being shy meek, meek or timid I mean but the fact of the matter is that a lot of people who are shy meek timid they have like avoided styles of attachment or avoided personality disorders um and in essence they they shy away from or they duck love and they're afraid of love um, because of the way they grew up I want to tell a story about this because, you know, discovery of, me, of mine was something that I discovered long ago, but I didn't really feel the results of getting rid of some of that trauma this year. Um, I was terrified of turning 25 because prior to turning 25, everything uh, around my life was was centered around accomplishment. I have to go and I have to be this big musician and be this billionaire business owner or else my parents won't love me, you know, or else the people around me won't won't celebrate me. My girlfriend won't actually see me as a proper boyfriend. You know, my friends would never celebrate me and as a leader or as a proper friend. They won't think anything of me. Uh it was my fear for a lot of my life. And I didn't realize this is me looking back in hindsight. Like I felt like man, I shouldn't focus on these things until I have things done, until I deserve until I earned it. Um and that was my life you know um a lot of you know young men who are shy uh, that's one of the primary signs i think of trauma you know you'll be shy meek timid and you'll avoid family you won't talk to them on the phone you avoid you know and sometimes your family might be toxic, talk- sometimes your friends might be toxic, talk- but you'll avoid all social interaction in your life because you feel like you need to focus on business or you need to focus on being great when really well let me just tell it's a little bit of story uh you know, I've always been like a person that was avoidant. you know, avoid family, avoid friends when people liked me. Like I used to go to the 7-Eleven, you know, I, I'll go to a certain 7-Eleven or a certain grocery store and like I become friendly with the people at the register. And when they start to like me, I stop going there because I'm like, uh, I don't have a social battery to talk to them. Like, it'd be weird. It'd be awkward. They'll stop like me. That's one of the things, another sign of trauma, you'll leave with the validation. When people start to like you, you'll start to avoid them because they're like, OK, well, if they see me or talk to me more, then they probably discover that I'm not cool. and They won't like me anymore. But anyways, like, um, yeah. So a lot of my life, I was like that. I had a lot of symptoms of someone that was shy, me timid. Even learning the two thousand, you know, social skills in two thousand eleven, things like that. Beyond that point, I started learning and implementing a lot of things I learned. I had great results. I was great socially, but the feeling of being social was never there for me. Like I could get some of the results and some of the things that I want out of it, but as far as Me enjoying the process and loving it and embracing it and having that two-way street be just a buzzing electric experience for both parties. You know, it was just something that was there. I can make it electric on their side, but for me, the way I experienced it was just like it didn't feel like a natural, great feeling. Like it didn't feel, it didn't feel, it didn't feel, it felt like a gimmick or trick that I was putting on. It wasn't until March of this year where everything changed. March of this year, you know, I had a dream. Um... And the dream was, you know, I was in a monster golf course, like one of them golf courses you see on Twitter or in those little videos where they like it's kind of like up on a platform. and They hit the golf ball into the field and I was on one of those and uh, an earthquake hit and it, a storm hit and it blew it away until so the entire golf course was gone. And then I was in the middle ocean as the middle ocean with my girlfriend um, and I was standing on like a little platform. It was actually the stairway, just a piece of the stairway from my grandmother's house that I grew up in. Um, really I grew up in there uh, but I I grew up in a separate home but I spent most of my time there with my grandmother my grandmother kind of raised me for a lot of my life Um, but it was a piece of the stairs I'm standing on their stairs and my girlfriend was on a canoe like a boat type of thing and she said I'm leaving and I'm not coming back and she sailed off into the ocean and she's like I'm leaving I can't stay I know I I love you just know I love you more than anything but I can't stay I said where are you going she said like Uruguay or something crazy like that like uh, and she just sailed off into the ocean. I didn't know whether she was like she like it was like 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 a cut scene almost like she was there, then she was further, then she was completely gone. And like I remember, the emotion hit me because I didn't know whether she had died, whether she had lived, like where she had made it, whether she was happy, any of these things. I just knew she sailed off to the ocean; she was gone. And then immediately after that, like I was overwhelmed with emotion. Immediately after that, there was like a skip in the scene. And I remember like th- this was real life. You know, the next scene that played was a memory I had in real life was when my mother dropped me off for the first time in kindergarten. And she said, I love you, Dal. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going, you know, um, I got to go to work, but I'll be back at the end of the day. And I just, like, I remember that day I just burst, I burst into tears. Um, and so the dream ended there. And when the dream ended, I completely burst into tears. Like, I, I was I woke up and I just couldn't stop crying. And I got in a shower, like, just to, like the shower because I sleep next to my girlfriend. I didn't want to, you know, be be disruptive. Like, why is he crying? What's going on? I'm panicking. Like, but I just completely burst into tears. I got in a shower and I, I couldn't stop crying that morning and like I never made this connection but you know when my mother dropped me off at kindergarten that was like one of the first like I felt like that was like the last time I really saw her until I was an adult and I met her again even though she lives in my house every single day um that's kind of the experience the way I experienced it um and um you know ever since then like I think you know this this the dream was what made me make the connection like i felt alone i felt abandoned i felt like i didn't have any anyone in my corner in my life anywhere that could see me out. I, I didn't gotta to talk to i felt really neglected as a child and like i didn't really have a lot of quality time with my parents and you know um what, what happens when children don't have quality time with their parents or when their parents' caretaking is, is inconsistent, they develop what's called an avoidance style of attachment. And essentially what that means is they're, they're avoidant of love and affection. Like they, they kind of run away from it and, and, and dodge it. Um, and I hadn't made the connection then, but it had followed me through adulthood and whereas in every area where i wanted to experience love instead there was codependence because more so than appreciating a person's presence while they're here you know that memory had you know ingrained in me a fear of abandonment a fear of being alone even your primary caretaker, the people you love the most won't be there for you um and so i held on to everything tight but i was scared to give my all and scared to love my all i was avoiding their love and avoiding their appreciation um I, you know, because, because of the trauma that I experienced when I was a kid or, or the lack of care and inconsistency of care that I experienced when I was a kid. Um, you know, my parents are great parents. Like, you know, I don't know how, this is just my accounting of it from a kid's point of view so take it with a grain of salt but a lot of people experience this so and you grow up with avoiding style attachment because of that you can just google what avoidant style attachment is i'm not going to keep beating a dead horse but it made me realize throughout my life like the entire like everything in my life was was just was on on the run to like to fight abandonment and to avoid love you know everything everything in my life was geared to avoid love essentially you know um and you can see this like you know you're avoiding attachment if you have these big grandiose goals that are in the far future and you don't feel like you deserve love without it you know essentially what your brain is doing is suspending love into the future so that i mean suspending, suspending these events that qualify you for love into the future so far that you'll never have them so you can continue to run away from love forever um and that may seem like a far-fetched idea and I, I might not be explaining in a way that hits you personally but that's what it is. You know, I read a book that kind of brought it all into full perspective recently and the book was called Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. You know, and the people, you know, the, the pickup coaches and the social coaches that I was raised on since 2011 had always talked about this book. And I always wonder why, because I never read it. But I read it. It kind of brought it all into, into full perspective. You know, everything in my life was about, you know, I want people to love me. I want people to be proud of me. But I'm avoiding it at the same time. I suspend it because I don't feel deserving of it. And so one of the things that the book says is like there are levels of energy. And the energy are symbolized by our emotional states. So like a level of energy is like 100 fear, 20 apathy, uh, 200 boredom, uh, 400 logic and courage and all these different things and 600 love. Uh, and so the levels of energy in this book are defined by you know, our emotions. And we embody a particular level habitually at Whatever phase we are in our life, we have a level that's assigned to that. And most of my life, I was at what they call 125. I was at desire, craving, longing. Because I desired, I craved, and I longed for love and attention and affection. And one of the symptoms of people who are around the level I was, one of the symptoms of people who are avoiding attachment, is that they want people, people call them, you're probably raised being called arrogant, cocky, you know, overzealous, overproud, like... Overconfident, all these different things because you had to overcompensate for the fact that no one believed in you, when you were younger. And that was the case for me. One of the things the book said about that is that people who are, well, they didn't say this, but people who are avoiding attachment, um, they probably reside somewhere around 125 on the scale of energy. And so what that essentially means is what they said in the book is that you'll habitually experience emotions between sorrow at your lowest and pride at your highest not joy not happiness not contentment and reading this book i was able to look back through my life like yeah like i have an experience like the best moment for me was when i won a JV county title because people in the crowd were proud of me because i never felt people were proud of me growing up i never felt that love growing up pride was the highest i ever got when looking throughout my life and i saw it after this pride over and over and over again it was this craving it was a longing that that I, that for this pride that I tried to solve by getting things and taking care of things and and being a part of things and being a, like I always thought like okay people will love me people will be people, people you know I'll be able to be social and be accepted by society when I'm a state champion or when I build this billion dollar business or it'll all it's always I will I will be loved I'll be accepted I'll be proud when win 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 win. win. My brain was doing this constant limbo to suspend that that win from being right now when it could have just been right now. And so my entire life, I grew up in a way that was extremely introverted, extremely shy, meek, timid, and I was avoidant of people. But the funny thing is, immediately after I had that dream, it was like an awakening. Like, it seemed like that was the, the one thing, and it was a horrible year leading up to that. I was missing rent, like January of 2022. Like, I, I, like, even to this very day, like last time I paid rent, like 200 came from my parents, 800 came from my girlfriend's mother back in january february march of this year um every time i would get paid my bank account would go to negative a thousand because i took out so many loans to pay rent in the past and so i was completely swamped and so that period of my life the beginning of 2022 to now was some of the most i mean beginning of 2022 to like march 2022 were some of the most horrible um chapters of my life it was horrifying but a lot of it was, you know, uh, you know, was was preparing me to to expel the trauma. A lot of it was trauma driven, and was preparing me to expel the trauma at long last. It's like the uh, the labor pains before the birth of who you truly are, before the birth of your final self, before the birth of your vision. It's kind of the way I experienced and interpret interpret it. So, um, geez, I don't remember when I left out for when I clocked out of at work, but uh, I'll get to that soon, I guess. Um, but the point that I'm making is that, uh, right after immediately, um, I had that dream and that was, I think the first time the trauma really got expelled from my body and I started to really experience and live life like how I was supposed to. And the difference between was like night and day. I always follow social guys. I always follow social skills. But when I got rid of the trauma, like instantly, like I was just good with people. Like I was like every social interaction was 10 out of 10. Every social act was perfect. You know, um, People that would never talk to me before, would talk, like would talk to me, would want to be 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 a, be around me, and they would always ask me, "Oh, why are you so sociable? You're such a social butterfly. Why are you so happy?" Like, you know, people would fawn over me and different things, like things that I never experienced before as a like as an uncool guy, as an introvert growing up, quote unquote. And so, the point that I bring is this: you know, a lot of us think that introversion and shyness and meekness and timidness are natural states, but really, it's a conditioned state. And I mean conditioned by you, who you really are, is just bogged. Is, is just under all the symptoms of your illness. Is all the, under all the symptoms of your trauma. Who you really are at the end of the day is a social body. Is an extrovert. But it's once you cl- once you cleanse the uh, the conditioning of this world and your horrible background and your lot la- and your fear of abandonment that came from your parents and your environment, things that you couldn't control as a kid. You have to let go of things, and then the real you just eventually comes to the surface. So it's an act of doing less as opposed to doing more. The point that I want to drill in this video is that internally you might not feel like the person that can do all these things but it's exactly who you are and you've just learned to be somebody else with time we were i think truly like there are genetic predispositions but a lot of us socially are blank blank slates at birth and we learn to be the ways that we are um yeah i you know I, I gotta go back to work i can't really talk about it too much now but that's all we have to say man i got a free mini course at uh social dummies so go to social skills for dummies if you want to take the free mini course uh it, it, you know, All the information in Middle it will probably be on a podcast with time, uh, but it's probably not there yet. And so if you all want it all in one place, it's right there. And it's also structured better and also free. So you can watch it and gain, gain and understand understanding right now immediately in a way that's formatted. Uh, so if you want that, www.socialskillsfordummies.com. If not, cool too. Um, like I said, just keep listening to the podcast. I'll tell you everything on the podcast. But um, yeah, that's what I have to say, man. Um, It's not pre- genetically predetermined. You have to do the work to unwire the ways that society made you this is dallas from the social skills for dummy podcast i'll see you in the next one i appreciate you so much for listening i love you man thank you